Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello and welcome to Counterpress on the Ringer and Spotify. I am very excited to say this is a special edition of Counterpress Meets. We had the honour of chatting to Nobel Peace Prize winner herself, Malala Yousafzai. Unbelievable. And also chat to former captain of the Afghanistan national women's football team, Kalida Popal, someone who helped to get women out of Afghanistan, the women's football team, two years ago. And we're going to listen to their inspirational words, talk about women's football, why we love it, and also the power of the game and why we should be supporting it to change people's lives. So enjoy ahead of the World Cup final. Counterpress meets Malala Yousafzai and Kalida Popal. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Well, firstly, Kalina Malala, thank you so much for sitting down with Counterpress. I truly mean this when I say it's an honour to be chatting to both of you. I know you're both, you know, massive women's sports advocates and Kalina obviously being a, a player, but what brings you to Sydney for the World Cup? I'm here to watch the games, of course, and I'm uh, rooting for all the uh, players because they did such an incredible job. This was such a great start for women's football um, worldwide. And I'm also here to meet the Afghan women's football team. So that is something that I'm very much looking forward to. And I'm meeting amazing people, activists and uh, sports women. It's um, a, a remarkable time for me here. And Kalida, how about you? What brings you to Sydney? Football, of course. It's always football that brings people together, um, brings us to Malala and Malala to us. That's the best thing, right? <laughs> Someone that you admire and inspire. Um, so the World Cup, but also our women's national team um, who are based in uh, Melbourne. Um, so the campaign that we're ongoing campaign that we are doing for the recognition uh, from FIFA for the, our national women's team to be able to participate in official 
games. Yeah, we're going to talk about that specifically, but this is actually the first time you guys have met in real life, right? Yes, I know Khalida and I have been talking for a very long time now <laughs> because uh, we wrote a piece for The Guardian where we uh, demanded FIFA to recognize the Afghan women's team. And since then, we have been working through petitions and other ways as well to advocate for the right of Afghan women and girls to be able to play sports. That is a basic human right that they currently do not have. And there's so much that global institutions can do. There's so much that leaders can do. So we are hoping that FIFA will realize the responsibilities that they have in this case and realize that they can actually defend women's rights here. Um, because if they don't take any action and if leaders don't take action, then we are accepting this harsh reality that Afghan women cannot play in the World Cup, they cannot play on behalf of their country. Girls cannot dream to participate in sports in their um, in their country. So that needs to change. Khalid, I know you've obviously you know worked alongside the women in the Afghan national women's team who are fighting for this recognition. Do you have any positive updates? I know there's a petition, there's pressure, obviously Malala being part of that support to try and get FIFA to recognise and give them official status again and let them compete. What's the latest on that ahead of the final of this World Cup? From the the people's perspective, how people came together with us, like supporting us um, uh, in this campaign um, from um, great respected people like Malala to uh, parliament members, to politicians, to people who actually signed the petition is over a hundred thousand people who signed the petition stood up with the uh, Afghanistan women's national team with, uh, in solidarity with our players um, this means a lot uh, for us and it also gives us a positive message that they are not alone we are not alone in this um, our, our life and our right matters and the women of Afghanistan are not alone this is positive. This is very empowering and we are very happy about it. At the same time, um, unfortunately, we are still being ignored by FIFA. The World Cup is happening here. The FIFA, the, like FIFA is here in Australia. Our team is here, but still we face the ignorance from FIFA, which we are very disappointed. We expect a lot from FIFA, especially the, uh, the women's football department of FIFA. We've worked in the past. Uh, we, we demand more from, um, from FIFA because we are the member. We used to be the member of FIFA. And I know you, you played a huge role in helping a lot of these women escape Afghanistan. And some of them are, are now settled in Australia and are still playing. Tell us about that journey because it must have been a very, you know, harrowing and, uh, and terrifying experience trying to help these women. Um, two days ago um, was the two years since the fall of Afghanistan, the country that after the first time when Taliban had the power um, and then they lost 20 years, there was development, there was growth, there was initiative were taken by women, by people, especially young people of Afghanistan. Um, Everything overnight changed uh, and was shocking for us, for people inside Afghanistan, but also for many people outside Afghanistan, which means um, our players, the, the foundation of Afghanistan women's national team was built on activism and standing, using that platform to, to stand for our right as women of Afghanistan and stood up. We stood up against the ideology of Taliban, which means we 
boldly and, and loudly spoke against Taliban ideology and called them as our enemies. And all of a sudden, our police were didn't have protection and they were by themselves and the enemy was outside their doors um, and, and they desperately needed support. Um, we, I'm so grateful for the, for the network of sport and the people who listen to our voices within a few hours. And we managed to get a team together from outside Afghanistan who lobbied governments, who managed to, to get uh, Australia, the first government who came on board, provided the visa and their journey through the chaos at the, um, Afghanistan airport, the Kabul airport, which was so dangerous. They are, they are amazing and they are brave people who skipped their way um, with all the danger that they faced, um, got out of Afghanistan. Leaving your country is never best thing, um, but I'm happy and grateful that they are alive. They're still using their platform. They're still playing and active. They're active and playing football to stand for the voices of voiceless women and to stand for the women of Afghanistan who lost their fundamental human right, which is the right to education and sport. We are still using that platform proudly and happily with all the sacrifices we have given. Um, and that's what like brings us together. And Malala, what drew you to supporting and, and getting on board this campaign as well? And, and how did you guys meet? We're meeting here for the first time, <laughs> but we met a lot on uh, Zoom, uh, on video calls. And I read an article about the story of the evacuation of the Afghan women's football team and how Khalida was supporting them in the evacuation. And there were so many people involved to make sure that these girls remain safe. And when we were reading that article from the New York Times, it gave us tears because, you know, you um, learn how these girls are burying their sports uniform. They are trying to hide their sports kit because they don't want to show that they were women and girls in sports because now the Taliban would search their homes and they would threaten them, they would harm them. And they wanted a safe place to have that future again where they could play, where they could learn. And Afghanistan right now is the only country in the world where girls do not have access to completing their education. Um, in some places, they have even banned girls uh, in grade five to go to school. They are not letting women go to universities. They are banning women from going to markets or even salons or even seeing a doctor on their own. These basic human rights are taken away from them. And it seems like there is a gender apartheid happening right in front of our eyes. In all of this, we have to step up. We have to make sure that we are raising our voice for our Afghan sisters while the Taliban are taking them away. They are denying them their basic human rights. We have to do as much as possible to make their voices heard and to make their stories more visible. So it means a lot to our Afghan sisters when we hear their stories, when we share them and spread their message around the world. And there's so much that we all can do here from signing the petitions to uh, writing to our local and national leaders to um, also calling out these international institutions to do more, to not make any compromise on the rights of women and girls and to ensure that they take all the right actions to protect women's uh, rights uh, in Afghanistan. Obviously, we're here at the World Cup and it's been an incredible celebration of 
women and women's sport and women's football. But it's important, right, to yeah understand and talk about the fact that not all women across the globe have the freedom that we've seen the women playing here have. What role do you think tournaments like the World Cup can have? Like, how can we make sure we keep that focus on the fact that not everyone has sort of the privilege to be able to come and play at a tournament like this? World Cup is fascinating because it gets the global attention. And a lot of girls, when they're young, little, they aspire to be in sports. But they sometimes struggle to see a future for themselves in sports when they don't have things like a World Cup, when they don't have things like major leagues and these, you know, premier leagues. Because when you want to picture a future for yourself, you want to see where you can make money, where you can have the fame, where you can have that global name that all of these other male players have enjoyed. A little boy can can be a Ronaldo, can be a Messi. They have these dreams. But we need to see more names like that uh, in women's sports as well. And we need to see more opportunities like that in women's sports. So for me, this football is a reminder to the world that this sport, that women's sport has a demand. It has audience and it has great opportunities for women to um, to have a career, to have a legacy in sports. So, uh, you know, I think we all have been through that time when we loved sports and a lot of women and girls have just given up on it. And, you know, there are not many Khalidas uh, out there who have actually made it through the difficult, uh, through the difficulties and have gone ahead and made a career for themselves. But, you know, we need more Khalidas and uh, we need more um, you know, uh, of these incredible women players and stars out there. So I think this is just a start. I want to see more of it on a bigger scale, but it has already proven uh, that women's sports is a success and it is the best investment and it is important for gender equity around the world. It's important for what we do for our daughters, our sisters and our women. Anything you you want to add, Khalida, about we you know the power of this tournament potentially to to highlight um, the women that aren't here in many ways. I mean the the World Cup, the or the major uh, events like World Cup that happens, um, the legacy that leaves behind it's it's major itself. It changed so many lives. Um, uh, I will just say like a little bit about my experience, how it actually changed my mindset about women's football. Uh, growing up playing football, you all, as uh, Malala say, that you see so many men, like, um, like you don't, like, it's like you're missing the, the picture of the, or the, the faces or the names of female footballers when you are playing football or doing any type of sports in, 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 in like far away countries where access to sport is uh, difficult for women and girls. So growing up, I, um, I always uh, had as my, my heroes or role models like Ronaldinho, Ronaldo, all these men. Uh, and I didn't know that actually women's sports exist, women's football exists, and there is f- female footballers. And then Marta came and her, like after the World Cup and her story and in just all the way, her voice reached all the way to Afghanistan uh, where for women playing football was still a struggle. And, and then she became my hero and then she made it possible for us to say, hey, it's possible to actually dream. It's possible to, to think career in football for women. 
uh, and she made it, we can do that too. So that's that's what like the legacy that leaves behind this type of tournament is so important. We have seen that in Euros and in World Cups that happened back in four four years ago when um, the World Cup happened in 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 Paris and uh, France. Like the legacy after the World Cup, how many women and girls came to play football and got involved, and today we see the great success in women's football, and it's just so visible. Malala, I know you're a big women's football fan and women's sport fan. Do you have a particular team that you support? I am supporting uh, the Linuses. <laughs> good, good to know. We need to again. Yeah, and I, and I watched the game between Australia, you know, the Matildas and the Linuses, and it was such an amazing game last night. Uh, but I was trying to hide my shirt because <laughs> I didn't want shirt. to. <laughs> were you wearing an English shirt? I was. Oh, love that. But then my husband was wearing the Australia shirt. Okay, so good. we were trying to like, yeah. show that we are supporting both yes. teams as, you know as a, as a whole yeah. to be safe yes so whenever England would score a goal I would try to like show my shirt and then cover it in my jacket you know not to offend anyone but it was such a great game and um, loved all the goals from uh, Sam Kerr I think mean, that goal was just incredible I yeah. am so grateful that I got to witness that in that moment and what an end goal by Russo and uh, um, so I, I loved the whole environment the stadium was just full and the crowd was living every second of that game and if it had gone on for hours I would have continued watching <laughs> it um, it was such a, a fascinating and experience yeah and um, do you have a club team in England that you support or do you quite try and keep neutral um pretty, i was pretty much neutral but then my uh, so a long time ago when i was in school my school teacher gave me this t-shirt it was a it was a football jersey and i had no idea about football teams and it said birmingham city so she said you are now a blues fan and i was like okay you know i'm i'm, I'm loyal i'll stick to it and then <laughs> You know, I got married and my husband, he's a big Newcastle fan. Okay. So he has now asked me to switch to Newcastle. <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm still open, you know, you can send me recommendations. <laughs> I mean, also, has it been exciting for you? Because obviously, I think Kalida, myself, Jesse, we're very locked into women's football and we know through our own experiences how powerful this game is when it comes to especially LGBTQ rights, uh, gender equality. There are so many opportunities um, in this game, ha ha having not been a football fan, what is it like for you to realize these things maybe for the first time and, and experience the power of this game and how it brings people together? Football is powerful because um, it brings communities from around the world together. It, it brings uh, people even within a community together. It creates a sense of unity, but it also challenges gender stereotypes. When I was a kid, like, it was so difficult for us to imagine women playing a proper serious game. You know, you can easily say, okay, you know, you can kick a football on the street, but can you actually make it to the serious game that men would play? And what we have realized in the recent years by seeing the coverage that women's sports is getting is that we are already challenging those stereotypes. It's really difficult to sit down and argue with a person and it's much easier to show them. So I think it's important that we give more visibility to women's sports. We give it as equal media 
attention as the men's sports get because you're not only like entertaining the viewers, you're actually challenging stereotypes. You're actually telling people what is possible for women and girls out there. So I love it when I see it. And as much as it has, you know, changed the views and perspectives of so many girls out there that they're able uh, to enter sports, that, that they're capable of anything. I think it will change perspective in, in so many ways around the world. And we hope that, you know, we see that world where every girl can get a chance to do what she wants and she can make choices for herself she can decides to play she can decides to she can decide to become an athlete become a sportswoman and um, you know play the game obviously we've seen over the past couple of years especially in england the women's game grow and grow as part of the success of the lionesses but oftentimes it's quite easy for our focus i think to become very sort of country focused. You know, we look at sort of opportunities for girls within England to play and how the game grows within England. And as a result, we don't always give the same amount of focus or as much focus as we should to, to other places around the world where that's not as easy. I was just wondering from both of you, what you think people can do to make sure that that attention isn't just something that say comes up when we're talking about a World Cup, that that's something that you know we're focusing on as you know lovers of women's football all the time. Um, I would say um, access, access to to opportunities. If it's watching a game, um, imagine like being in a country that you don't have this privileges of having the the Mastercard or like paying the membership and all these things. Giving access to to women and and to men to watch these games. Um, one thing, the other thing is that um, access to resources like coaching educations for women. We are lacking female coaches, female referees. We are lacking women into women's game, not only women's game, but in this game. Football is not for men's only and that needs to be changed. And we are still with all the success and, and, and the results that women's football show and we are still lacking. And we don't, ha it's very expensive. For example, for someone who loves and who are passionate about football, want to make a career in football, they need to invest a lot to get access to a, a coaching course, a refereeing course. And that's not possible. And it's, it's very expensive. Um, that needs to be changed. So people have more access. I fully agree on that. And I would add two more things. One is supporting sports education for girls. It's so important that we look at what we are offering in our communities and schools for girls to participate in sports. And we need the right environment and support and facilities for them to be able to do that. So it starts from a very young age and we need to make sure that we get things right from the start for girls. And the other thing is we need more investment in women's sports. So I would encourage investors, businesses out there to give an opportunity to women's sports as well, invest in the leagues, invest in women's sports. And sometimes we see leagues uh, forming um, around the world in different sports, including cricket. And they don't start with the women's one. They just start with the men's. Like, why are you delaying women's sports? Because if you give it a try, you see that it gains the audience, it makes money, it gets, it brings entertainment with it, it has all the benefits to it. So let's not make it uh, delayed. Let's make sure that you invest in women from the start. Let it not be like a 10 years later project. Um, so I hope that more people would invest in women to make sure that 
you know, we have women in sports from the owner's box uh, to women on the field. We have a tradition on our podcast where we ask everyone what their karaoke song would be. And we asked the Lionesses before they settled for the World Cup about what their karaoke song would be. So clearly, if you were in a karaoke booth, you had the mic, you could sing any song that you wanted to. What would be the song that you would sing? No, I mean, I would just hide myself and uh, <laughs> that's like, I'm so horrible. Like, when comes, like, it's like, yes, <laughs> I would do everything possible to change that idea to dancing. I would love to dance in front of anyone, but not sing. Okay, <laughs> so do- you could dance to any song. Yes. What would your dance be? What would the, what the song that you would dance to it be? It could be any type of mixed songs okay. from, from Western to Arabic to Persian. I would do that. Okay, perfect. Yeah. We like, we'll still take that on girls. We'll still take <laughs> Balala, karaoke song that you would you'll go to. I would go with Love Story by Taylor Swift. Oh, we're big Swifties. So that's gone down. We've just spent a fortune to go see her. Later she will season. sing and then I will dance. Yes. yes. <laughs> perfect. <Good> <laughs> The best act of all time. Um, thank you both so much for your time. Um, obviously, listeners will learn about this and, and support the cause. And we obviously hope to see an update from FIFA soon and, and all the work you've been doing, Cleda, you know, to, to support the women here in Australia. And I've had the privilege to meet some of them as well who are still competing and still taking part. And, you know, hopefully they'll get the support they need. And, and thank you so much, Malala, for, for everything. And hopefully England get the job done on Sunday, guys. <laughs> Hopefully, yes. <laughs> Team England. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to that special counterpress meets in Sydney with Malala Yousafzai and Khalida Popal. Make sure you go and check out their campaign to support the Afghanistan women's football team. We'll be back for a preview of the World Cup final involving England and Spain on Sunday. And of course, bringing you the reaction straight after the game. Be brave, enjoy the moment, let's go, see you then.